And so if you're visiting us for the very first time, welcome, or if you're coming back from after a long hiatus, welcome. Um, we are uh, loving uh, being here. Ruth and I have almost been here for a whole year now. And we've got to know a lot of different people. Uh, June 6th will be the official date that we've been installed here, but we landed at the end of May. Um, and we got to get to know a lot of people, and, and there's so many, uh, all of you are so special. Um, there's a, a gentleman here who, uh, it, even though it's Mother's Day, it's also his 90th birthday. And he's, uh, he's a member of our community. He hasn't been here uh, for several reasons in the past uh, season with COVID and everything, but but he's, he wanted to come here today. And so can we honor Larry Stilgebauer? If you could stand, he's here with his family. Happy birthday, Larry. Love you. Make sure you uh, say hi. Larry, if you need a rose, we got extra for a birthday. Thanks for joining us today, Larry. I know you join us online every week, but so great. Uh, all right, well, um, did I forget any announcements? So much going on today. Also, uh, there's uh, Diana, uh, uh, who went to Ukraine, uh, who represents our church here. She uh, went to Ukraine and delivered supplies, got her mother out in the meantime. She literally went into a war zone with her daughter, 16 years old, and they, 14, oh, 14, wow. 14 years old, your son's 16 or 17. Okay, anyway, I'm not gonna get, go into details anymore. But anyway, God, God's been opening up so many doors. Uh, they've received many, many donations for medical supplies, clothing, um, uh, you name it, things for babies because uh, the, the, the hospitals had to move and all that stuff. So um, they are going back to the Ukraine and they, need, they have so many bags, they actually need people to go with them. And so if you feel it on your heart to go to the Ukraine uh, and you have your passport, if you don't, there's some special way we can get it really quickly for you. But if your heart is to go to the Ukraine, talk to uh, Diana over here in the front and uh, she'll, she'll take you, all right? You know what's great about Christians is we don't run from the problem, we don't run from the mess, we're called to run towards it. And because we have this faith and this call that we, we know, that's why sometimes it's amazing, the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, uh, all the ministries, so many run to the mess, and that's what we wanna do. All right. Well, uh, we've been praying, we've been uh, talking about different uh, series uh, throughout the year. Uh, our first series was on the presence of God. It's a core value at New Life City. We believe in the presence of God. We believe that it's tangible. We believe that it's powerful, that you can enter into the presence of God. You can actually experience God for yourself, and you can also uh, have an encounter with God. And uh, he's not just a theory, but he's actually right here with you. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you if you turn your heart towards God, he will be there with you. He will actually inhabit your life. And so he's so amazing that way. Now we're moving on to our next core value, which is actually the power of prayer. And uh, we believe at New Life City that prayer is powerful, that God hears our prayers. We believe in healing prayer. We believe that prayer changes things. And so prayer is a big uh, core value for us. And actually, we've been praying uh, on Thursday nights for our nation at 6 p.m., uh, just so that God would continue to bring his kingdom to our nation. Not, we don't just pray for, we're not praying just for a certain political party. We're actually praying for the kingdom of heaven to invade this nation. 
And so uh, we want, we want um, the, the, the gift of life to continue to be championed and celebrated in this nation. And so we're gonna pray until we pray through. We're gonna pray until we have breakthrough. And so join us on that. But I also wanted to talk about how prayer is powerful, especially the prayer of a mother. Seems fitting. I had uh, some, some little uh, jokes that I'd like to share because I, I just, I'm a dad and I love jokes. So um, the daughter to the mom. Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? The mom said, I don't know, dear. You'll have to ask grandma. <laughs> Thought that was cute. To mom, this is kids to moms, to moms. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm cold, I'm hot. Can I have, where are you? To dad, where's mom? <laughs> so true, that's why it's funny. Bought my mom a mug which says, happy Mother's Day from the world's worst son. I forgot to mail it, but she knows. <laughs> Sometimes that's me. All right. But I think about all the mothers in the Bible, actually, you know, God uses mothers so tremendously throughout his word. I mean, uh, mothers is the oldest profession uh, in history. Uh, you know, it's the oldest job in history because it is not easy to be a mom. It's one of the most selfless things you can do is to be a mom. And, uh, and, and I just think about the amazing women that God had used uh, like Sarah, uh, who was married to Abraham, and, and how God used her late in life and got a miracle. I think of uh, uh, Jochebed, which is uh, Moses' mom, who's often overlooked, who actually had the faith to keep her son hidden, Moses, for three months because the Egyptians were slaughtering Hebrew boys because they were afraid of the male population getting so big they could overthrow Egypt. So they started slaughtering Hebrew boys. And here, this woman of faith, Jochebed, held uh, Moses, had Moses hidden until three months old, and then had the faith enough to weave a basket, put tar in it so that it could hold a baby, and floated Moses down a river to encounter Pharaoh's daughter. And isn't it just like God to work everything out for good because not only did Moses meet Pharaoh's daughter and she fell in love with him, but she ends up hiring, unbeknownst to her at the time, ends up hiring Moses' mother to raise him. He's like, God made the worst situation in the world into probably the best situation that you could have thought of. Who would have even thought of? And I think of Elizabeth, who was a righteous woman, who God used mightily to bear John the Baptist. I think of the mother of Jesus, Mary, that God used mightily. And so many, you know, and, and, and I just say shame to the Protestants who sometimes will say that Mary was just a tool. You know, they'll actually just say that because you know, there's often an overemphasis in, in the Catholic tradition of Mary, but I, I, I think Mary's an amazing woman of God. Think about it. Of everyone who lived on earth, he chose Mary, and he chose to use a mother to raise Jesus. It's amazing to bear and raise Jesus. Mothers are so important. And then in addition to just mothers being physical mothers, of course, there's people who don't have the ability to have children or decided not to have children. And there's people who are stepmothers and there's all sorts of types of mothers. And, and I just want to point out one that's really important, spiritual mothers. You don't have to have a physical child to not be a spiritual mother. 
Spiritual mothers are so important. I just think of the history of, of America and in Christianity, some uh, wonderful women, one of them, Mariah Woodworth Etter. I'll read a little bit about Mariah Woodworth Etter. At 13 years old, Woodworth Etter converted to Christianity. She heard the voice of Jesus. This is her, this is her quote. She heard the voice of Jesus calling me to go out in the highways and the hedges and gather in the lost sheep. Her denomination prohibited her from public ministry, so she found support in a local Quaker meeting. In 1885, she began preaching and praying for the sick. Her healing meetings drew such crowds that she eventually purchased an 8,000-seat tent. She was pivotal in founding the Assemblies of God Church in 1914, and in 1918, she founded what is today Lakeview Church in Indianapolis. In 1916, Mariah preached, God is calling the Marys and Marthas today all over our land to work in various places in the vineyard of the Lord. And God grant me, grant that, that may respond and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Dear sister in Christ, as you hear these words, may the spirit of God come upon you and make you willing to do the work the Lord has assigned you. I, I think of another woman, Amy Simple McPherson, a powerful woman of God. McPherson was already a widow at 19 while serving as a missionary in China. She returned to America and married again and was the mother to two children at 23 when she was dying from appendicitis. She heard God ask her, now will you go? She understood she could choose the ministry or eternity and she began her ministry as a traveling evangelist. McPherson and her mother eventually settled in Los Angeles to establish a permanent ministry. McPherson's church, the Angelus Temple, attracted, listen to this, 40 million visitors within its first seven years. It's led by her. McPherson captured the attention of the media. She became the most widely photographed people at the time. A reporter once described McPherson's sermons, never did I hear such a language from a human being. Without one moment's intermission, she would talk from an hour to an hour and a half holding her audience spellbound. She would preach 22 sermons a week and was the first preacher to use the radio to broadcast sermons. She is considered the first celebrity pastor. Back then, they were much better. You know, celebrity pastors now, not your celebrity pastors, they're great, but the other ones, you know, my, I just think sometimes celebrity pastors are just overblown. Okay. All right. Who, who becomes a pastor to be a celebrity? That's crazy. All right. Inspired by her Salvation Army roots, McPherson required every church member to be involved in a charitable work. And during the Great Depression, the Angelus Temple fed, fed one and a half million people and, considered, and was considered the most effective charitable organization at the time. She once said, what is my task? To get the gospel around the world in the shortest time possible to every man, woman, boy, and girl. Wow. This is Amy Simple McPherson, who's also known as the founder of the Foursquare denomination. The Foursquare denomination, which ironically, after Amy passed, uh, said that women couldn't preach. Imagine that. Finally, they walked that back. But there's so many amazing women in the Bible and praying mothers, praying women. And because I, and, and, and of course, praying fathers is, is, is just as important. But I do want to point out even someone particular in the Bible, uh, Hannah, who had this fervent prayer to the Lord. And uh, we're actually going to read 20 verses. So hang on. 
And the reason why I'm reading 20 verses is just so you get the full context of actually what this message is about. So we're gonna name some names that I'm going to get absolutely wrong. So all you Hebrew speakers, forgive me, all right? There was a certain man of Ramathium Zophim of the hill country of Ephraim. God help me. I think God puts these in the Bible just to make fun of us, just to laugh at us trying to pronounce them. Whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jerom, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. Jesus, help me. Just gonna keep pushing through here. He had two wives. We'll just glaze over that. The name of the one was Hannah. <laughs> Things were different back then. And the name of the other, Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. And where the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas uh, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and, uh, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion. What a great man. Because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. Now, back then, um, it was this stigma that if you didn't have a child, that you were a cursed person, that, that, that there must be something wrong, this must be uh, a response to your actions, and they didn't understand exactly what was going on. They would just consider that a, a, an affliction, a literally an affliction. Um, and, and in addition to that, because uh, uh, Elkanah's uh, wife, uh, uh, what's her name, Penina, uh, had children, um, she, you know, she had this blessing she saw, but she didn't have Elkanah's heart, and so she would um, tease and irritate Hannah in her weakness. And uh, I don't know about you, but that just sounds just like the enemy to try to take a struggle that you're going through, try to take what, what might seem like lack and point it out and say, this, look at you, can't, you know, and it's like, it's like you might have a million things going right, but if there's a, a, a one thing wrong, it's like the enemy will try to have you focus on that one thing because he know it can rob you of your joy. And of course, this bothered her. This bothered, bothered Hannah. So it went on, verse seven, year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she, she used to provoke her. And therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? And after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord, and she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. This is an actual Nazarite vow that she's quoting, uh, which is actually a, a, what, who Samson was. Um, and so she says, if you give me the son, Lord, I, I will give him just back to you. And as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. 
Hannah was speaking in her heart, but only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. You know, there's, it's interesting that there's only two times where someone thought that someone was drunk when they were actually moving uh, in prayer with the Spirit. Uh, in, in Acts 2, this is just a rabbit trail, but in Acts 2, you know, there's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and uh, people are speaking in other tongues and, and, and uh, people are hearing, uh, uh, you know, people who had come together internationally are now hearing their foreign tongue their native tongue being spoken in a foreign land, and it was blowing their minds. And, uh, and, and in addition to that, there must have been some other things that were going on. Why? Because Peter stood up in the midst of the crowd and said, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only midday. They're not drunk as you suppose. Now, I don't know if you've ever visited a country or had some sort of international gathering and you heard people speaking in other languages. Did you ever think they were drunk? No, of course not. There must have been a behavior and an action that would have made them seem as though that they were drunk, like maybe they felt, maybe they fell over, maybe they were having trouble standing on their own strength. There was some overwhelming evidence of overwhelming power of the spirit that that, uh, they were they were uh, uh, behaving in a drunken manner, even though they weren't. And I've seen this happen in church. I've seen this happen at people's homes where they get so filled with the spirit that they cry incessantly or laugh incessantly or because they feel so much joy or so much compassion or they uh, fall over. And, and, and interestingly enough, throughout church history, these manifestations of the spirit had happened uh, many times. They just had different terms of them. Uh, uh, even even uh, early church terms, they would call it, uh, they, some would call it um, uh, holy uh, inebriation. <laughs> like there is every, anything, but it's, you know, uh, 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 some, uh, the Methodists would call it resting in the Lord. The Pentecostals would call it slain in the spirit, right? They all have these different terms, but it's the same manifestation of the Holy Spirit, And it's powerful to see. Not everyone needs to have that manifestation. And it doesn't make you better than anyone else if you experience that. But sometimes, for whatever reason, the Lord does it in that manner. And and it just is funny that that this this priest is is seeing this woman who's praying so fervently. He sees her mouth moving. He doesn't hear anything. And he says, man, she must be drunk. And so in verse 14, you know, like any good pastor, he says, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a troubled, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I've been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Hmm. Man, I've been there. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman for for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went uh, her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. And they went back to their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And listen to this, guys. And the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. There is a power in your prayers to God. 
God actually hears your prayers and your prayers make a difference. And here we have Hannah who's praying to the Lord and she understands that the Lord is hearing her. And when you actually have a revelation that God is hearing your prayers, there is all of a sudden a faith that backs that revelation. And now you have power in those prayers because you're like, God, I know that you hear me and I know that you're a good God and you answer requests. Now, sometimes our prayers are so out of line with God's will that as we pray, he brings us back into his will. So, you know, just like any good father or any good parent, you don't answer every child's request because what they're asking for is dangerous or is bad for them. You know, my kids would eat ice cream instead of anything else. Every meal. If I said yes, every time it would be a bad scene. So, you know, in in the same manner, God doesn't answer everything uh, according to what we want. But what happens is when we pray, our hearts get aligned to him and and, and we start praying what we should be praying. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. So there's Hannah who who believes that God is hearing her request. And instead of just uh, uh, sulking in her despair, sulking in her lack, letting the uh, attacks and the irritations of her rival uh, get to her, she does something really powerful. She brings it before God. And I think that sometimes we aren't praying as much because I think possibly we get subconscious that, you know, God knows what I need and and if, if he wants to, to do it, then he'll do it. Well, that's not what God tells us. He tells us to pray, pray without ceasing. He tells us that we need to petition before him because he is not, if, look, if he wanted to just do it his way, he would have just made it so. He is God, but he's chosen to partner with us, to co-labor with us as saints. And so he's not gonna necessarily do it unless we petition and ask for it. Like sitting in the city of Albuquerque as, as, as people who are, are living in and around this region, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not satisfied just waiting for God to do something without praying. I want to pray until he does something. I want to pray to see this uh, uh, addiction behavior broken in this city. Because I know it's possible. Just like uh, Amy Simple McPherson drastically changed the landscape of the city through God by praying, petitioning, preaching the word, we, it can be done here in the city of Albuquerque. And so uh, we, we can have this faith just like Hannah did. And I just want to encourage you, mothers, don't stop praying for your children. God is after your children. And he uh, uh, is, is um, uh, not going to give up so you don't give up. I remember my mom, my mom was uh, uh, you know, crazy in the sense that she would be praying four to 5 a.m. every morning. And uh, when I was going through a dark season of the soul for, for my life and I, and I had a, a ton of tragedy going and I started running away from, from the Lord and I, I didn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. I actually went in the opposite direction and found myself in places doing things that I, that I would not be proud of. Very dark, dark areas of my life. And my mom, she could have talked to me till she was blue in the face about what was right and what I should be doing and how this isn't uh, the best thing for me. But you know, I wouldn't listen to her. I was in my 20s, early 20s. I wouldn't listen to her. I was doing it my way. And I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm not gonna do it your way, mom. And so I wouldn't listen to her. But she knew that she had something else on her side. She had the power of prayer. 
And see, there's something supernatural that happens when you have a physical prayer life. There are spiritual implications that come back around and change physical, uh, physical results because prayer is powerful. And so my mom prayed and prayed and prayed, and I would find myself in some pretty dark places, uh, and I would have people come up to me and start telling me about Jesus. And I'd be like, okay, my mom sent she, right? <laughs> because God was answering my mom's request and would send person after person to minister to me because she knew that she couldn't do it, so she would pray a prayer. God, would you draw him by your spirit? Would you send people to him that, would, that would, would talk to him about Jesus, that would speak into his life? And so you'd have waiters and waitresses and, 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 and colleagues at work coming up to me, talking to me about the Lord. And, and, and finally, on Thanksgiving night, when I was at my lowest point, many of you heard the story, I'm in a dark, dark place, and God sends someone to me to speak over to my life. It changed me. I finally gave my life back to Jesus. That was through prayers of a mother. That's through prayers of a parent. As praying parents, we have authority over our children, and I wanna encourage you to not stop praying for your children, whether they're in your house or not in your house. They're your kids. God gave them to you. You can pray for them. I, I, I remember um, when I, was, uh, I would be sleeping. I, I, I was raised in a Christian home. I'd be sleeping and wake up in the middle of the night, and there my parents are praying for me speaking tongues over me because they, they had the gift of tongues and, and I would go, what is that sound, you know? I was like, that feels good, what is that? Um, and they would pray for me and I would just turn over and sleeping because they knew the power of prayer. And uh, I had a friend who uh, is a pastor in uh, Ohio and his friend who was a pastor uh, had a son who was born with autism. And uh, you know, autism can be on a range and on a scale. And, 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 and so he had this diagnosis from the doctors and you know, to pray over uh, uh, some of the children who, who struggle with this, uh, uh, it can be really difficult because um, you know, they, they might not sit still that long. And so he, uh, the, the father, every night while his son was asleep, would sit by his son's bed and pray for him. Night after night after night. And this is his testimony, that after a year and a half, he saw his son gradually get better and the prognosis from the doctor was he was no longer uh, uh, diagnosed with that condition. It's pretty amazing. In Matthew 16, 9, uh, Jesus gives us insight that, that, that there is power in our prayers. And he says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And, I, and I, I, I firmly believe that some of the things that we're struggling with in our society is because we haven't used the keys of the kingdom of heaven that God's given us. Because we can pray fervently as a church. And May 20th, I encourage you all to come. Invite your friends. If you don't have any, uh, invite strangers. Um, no, just come. Because we want to come together corporately to pray. And we're not going to have children's ministry running, but we'll have the kids here. Because you know what? Kids have powerful prayers. They have a lot of faith. They, they haven't been told by the world yet that, that, that God doesn't exist and that, that this, this is, you know, they, they haven't been planted seeds of doubt. So they believe it in their heart. And man, I've seen God heal people through children. 
And so they're gonna come and pray. We'll have them pray a little bit earlier in the night so that they can last longer. But, but you know, come and pray during that time uh, because it's gonna be uh, awesome. But here's the thing. As believers, we need to start binding things here on earth. We bind the spirit of addiction in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of death and homicide in this city in Jesus' name. As representatives of ambassadors of Jesus Christ on earth, we are now using our authority to bind these things. And then we loose things. We, we loose the spirit of prosperity. We loose the spirit of, of, of freedom. We loose the spirit of wholeness and healing. We loose the spirit of family and community in this city. And when believers come around each other and start praying these prayers, God hears our prayers and he remembers and he starts sending help. You know, it reminds me of the time when Daniel was praying and uh, uh, an angel comes to see him and he says, look, I, I would have been here sooner, but I was held up in the heavenlies. He was, the, the angel of God was dealing with a principality. What is a principality? It's a demonic spirit over a region. And oftentimes you can tell what principality is ruling what city by what they're struggling with. Some of them are drug addiction. Some of them are prostitution. Some of them are gambling. Some of them are corruption. And you see that it's not just rampant in a, a, a family or here and there. It's, it's, ran, it's not just isolated. It's actually rampant in the whole city. And so it's easy to identify. Oh, that's a principality. And so here this angel is fighting this principality, but he finally breaks through and he brings uh, uh, Daniel the answer that he needs. He, he, he is the answer that Daniel needs. Jesus says not to babble with empty prayers. You know, we, we have this other prayer that Jesus taught us how to pray. When he says, when the disciples said, Lord, how should we pray? And in Luke uh, 11, 1, he says, pray this way, meaning pray in this manner. Doesn't mean that you have to repeat this prayer in the same way over and over and over again, although you can if your heart's on it. But don't pray empty prayers that have no meaning. But be specific in your prayers. Why? Because our God wants to hear what we have to say specifically. And sometimes the more specific, the more powerful. I, I know when I pray for the sick, uh, instead of just praying, God, would you just heal their body? I find out what's actually wrong so I could speak exactly to the actual symptom, the actual disease, and say, we just bind this disease in Jesus' name. We, we just speak healing in that shoulder blade. In Jesus, whatever it is, we, we speak healing to that ligament. Why? Because the more specific, the more powerful. And so Jesus says, uh, he, he says the Lord's Prayer, which many of you know. I'm not going to repeat it here this morning, but please read it. It's a wonderful prayer, and, and it's, a, it's a manner in which you can pray. It's a method in which you can pray. But after that, he, 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 he talks about this, this, um, this neighbor. He's, so this is in the context of prayer. This is Jesus praying in the context of prayer. And I'm going off script here. I didn't give these guys these, these, uh, these uh, verses. But right after he talks about praying... He says, he says a parable, he says, which of you who has a friend will go up to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him and he will answer from within. Do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and, you, and, and give you anything. Now I understand this, Father, because if your children are finally asleep, you're like, man, you better not do anything to wake up my children. There's gonna be there's gonna be a price to pay if you wake up my children. And he says, I tell you though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his 
persistence or impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I will tell you, ask, listen, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened among you. What father among you, if his son asks for fish, will instead he give him a serpent? If, or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? This is the power of prayer. Jesus is saying, look, don't just say a prayer to put your name in the hat. He's saying, pray like this. God, I need you. God, we're gonna be this we're gonna be this neighbor that is persistent, saying, God, I, I, I need your, your moving in this area. God, I need your healing in this area. God, I need breakthrough in this area. And God will hear your prayers and remember them. In 1 Samuel, let's just continue real quick. I know I'm reading a lot of scripture, but you know, we're at church, sorry. 1 Samuel 1, 25 through 28, he says, Then they slaughtered the bull. This is back to Hannah's story. And they brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord had granted my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And and he worshiped the Lord there. This is so powerful because... Uh, Samuel was an exact product of Hannah's prayers, and Samuel, which means God hears, or God hears me, God heard me, is now the prophet who hears from the Lord to the nation of Israel. Used mightily throughout First and Second Samuel, mightily for the Lord. God not only took her request, but not only did she give him Samuel, but she, he actually used Samuel mightily to impact the nation of Israel. That's where we got David from, right? Because Samuel heard from the Lord and anointed David. There's so many amazing stories that you can read in First and Second Samuel. And God used him dramatically. And I wanna encourage you, as you guys stand, you feel free to stand. We'll land this plane so you can all... Eat with moms. And I know that this isn't about being a physical mother alone. There's spiritual mothers here. I feel like God's calling a lot of people to be spiritual mothers. Some of your kids have left, left the nest and are doing great, but, but that doesn't mean your job as a parent or as a mother is over. Because God will draw people to you if you're willing to let him use you. And there's so many awesome people in our community who are like spiritual mamas. There's a, there's a, a woman named uh, Heidi Baker who uh, is in the continent of Africa. She works in the nation of Mozambique and over 10,000 churches have been planted under her ministry. She feeds over 10,000 orphans a day and the Muslim province in northern Mozambique is now deemed a Christian province by the Mozambican government. Why? Because she brought the kingdom of heaven and decided to be a mama to a nation. And some of you are petitioning requests of God and you haven't seen your breakthrough yet. And you did, you, you did this a bunch. You stopped. You, 
you forget, you do it again. But God, some, I, I believe some of, some of it is God is waiting for us to be that persistent neighbor who doesn't give up in prayer until we get breakthrough. We pray till we get breakthrough. Hope is going to be stirred again in this church and in this city. It's gonna be through the saints in this room. So I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I'd like to pray for you guys as we uh, end this service. God, I thank you that you've not abandoned us as orphans, but we get to be called sons and daughters of God. God, and I thank you for all the women in this room and the mothers and the spiritual mothers and the stepmothers and, and even the mothers who have, are now in eternity. God, we just thank you for the blessing of mothers. God, I pray that you would give them strength, grace, wisdom. God, that you would draw people around them who would celebrate them and love on them. Holy Spirit, I thank you for all the men in this room, the, the fathers and the, and the ones that you're calling into fatherhood, God, that they would be empowered by your spirit to take on the mantle of being a good father, a good spiritual father. Lord, I pray that all these requests that are before you, God, that you would stir our heart up again for prayer and that we would pray for our church, our family, our community, our city, our state, our nation, and not cease praying. God, that this gift of prayer, we would use it. Father, I thank you for hearing our prayers, Lord, and for remembering us. And I thank you for the testimony that are gonna come out of the prayers of this church, the prayers of these people. And so, Lord, we just prophesy breakthrough right now in this church. We prophesy breakthrough right now in the young generations of this church, in the older generations of this church. And Lord, I pray that every request that is before you, that aligns with your will, that you would send the answer and remember us. Lord, we pray. We pray for breakthrough. If this message is something that's like resonating with you, you're, you're praying for breakthrough in an area. You haven't seen it yet, but you wanna bring it to the Lord, you feel this on your heart, I just want you to come forward. We wanna pray with you and stand with you. Just, just come forward, don't, don't wait too long. Thank you, Lord. There's, there's breakthrough in this room this morning. Thank you, Lord. I just wanna encourage you to stop discounting the power of your presence. Stop discounting your request. What you request before the Lord is important. It's not unimportant. The enemy of your soul, the rival of your life will try to tell you that what you need and what you require, what you request is unimportant, but it's not true. Bring it before the Lord. Forget what, the rival, forget what your accuser says and bring your petition before the Lord. Don't let it keep you from bringing it before the Lord. Something powerful that God used Eli to affirm the word that a son shall be born to her. There's something awesome about ministers of God, pastors, elders, who can stand with you and pray for breakthrough. There's power in that community. But listen, if, if you're not up front, why don't you put, stretch your hands forward as we pray for the people right up front. Pastors, why don't you come around 
and, um, and pray for them and, and any of the other ministers who wanna come. But God, I just thank you for the knocking and the knocking and the knocking that they're doing. Lord, we ask right now for breakthrough in their life, God. We ask right now for healing in their life. We ask for financial breakthrough. We ask for physical breakthrough. We ask for spiritual breakthrough and emotional breakthrough. God, we just thank you for sending your answers. By your Holy Spirit, we bless these people. And we speak total restoration. Yeah, and I just feel like um, Hannah was such a prophetic word today that if um, you or maybe there's someone that you know is wanting a child and has been petitioning for a child and has been asking God and wants to be that mother, that there is like, a, I feel like there is a grace and there is a healing and that this is, a, your, this is your prophecy. This is your word. Grab a hold Come of on. it. That um, as with Hannah, the Lord will listen and grant your request. And so I just want to release that out there that if you or someone that you know is really, really grieved and petitioning for this and, and asking God and knocking on the door that God will hear their heart and bless them with a child, that we just release that and we just Thank say you, yes Jesus. and amen to that. Yeah, we speak healing right now. Yeah, and we, we just say, open up the wombs, Lord, yeah. in Jesus' Thank name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Open up the wombs, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. That he has not forgotten. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So God, we affirm that word and we just say, fill the wombs, God. Fill the barren wombs, Lord. And we speak life over every mother that's desirous for that. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, feel free to stay up here. We're gonna wanna pray for you. If you want personal prayer and you're needing breakthrough, just come forward. We have prayer ministers who'd love to pray with you. Um, Make sure you chat with one another, say hi to one another, fellowship before you leave, and we will see you guys next week. God bless you moms, and uh, yeah, have a great week.